0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. His reputation is expanding faster than the universe. He once had an awkward moment just to see how it feels. The police often question him just because they find him interesting. Mosquitoes refuse to bite him purely out of respect. In museums, he is allowed to touch the arts. His business card simply says, I'll call you. If he were to punch you in the face, you would have to fight off the urge to thank him. He is fluent in all languages, including three that only he speaks. Once sailing around the world, he discovered a shortcut. Panhandlers give him money. When he drives a new car off the lot, it increases in value. He is the most interesting man in the world. Sometimes truth is more interesting than fiction. The one whom you already know to be the most interesting man in the world, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, son of Mary, might continue the commercial by saying, I don't always drink wine, my friends, but when I do, I start with water and what's the tagline for the commercial the tagline is stay thirsty my friends <clears throat> a curious tagline for a commercial you have to admit even the basic premise of the commercial is that he doesn't even drink beer that much the irony of, of all of that is perhaps the reason for the success of this advertisement if you're old enough to remember it Because the commercial world, the material world, wants you to eat, 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 drink, 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 get full until your belly is out to here. He's instead of saying, stay thirsty. It has to be admitted our grandparents were accustomed to eating and drinking until they had enough. Enough for them meant that's all that I need. Enough for their grandchildren and great-grandchildren is I couldn't possibly put another piece of food in my mouth. If our grandparents uh, had that feeling of my belly hurts a little bit, they would be filled with remorse. And not just on Thanksgiving are their descendants accustomed to that experience. Our Lord is dealing with a similar problem. He's dealing with people that want something material. They want something immediate. Some of these people might have known that he worked something marvelous to be able to feed that many people the day before. Not everyone would have necessarily known where all that bread came from. They just know they all got bread. And they also know that today they want bread. Our Lord is trying to draw them into a a deeper awareness of what is going on. You are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. I dare say that the, the people who are engaging him in this conversation probably weren't the people who showed up early the day before to hear him preach. Before the bread was doled out. The people who went to great lengths and suffered great sacrifices just to be able to be at his feet and to listen to him teach. The people perhaps who knew that he had, he he had cured the sick. But sadly, some of the people who are, who are here clamoring for more bread and clamoring for another sign, some of them probably did know that he worked miracles. And they're still they're troubling him for, for something pedestrian. Beginning today and for four weeks, we'll, we will be at the synagogue in Capernaum. Capernaum is on the northern coast of the Sea of Galilee. The, the foundation and one of the walls of that synagogue are still intact. And it's here that our Lord gave the great discourse on the bread of life. It's recorded in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of St. John. And it's an opportunity for us to recognize what the Lord offers us. He's, he's offering us the bread of life. If we receive it, we will never be hungry again. He offers us the waters of eternal life. If we receive it, we will never be thirsty again. He doesn't mean this in the sense that you are going to be so full that you'll never need any more ever. Your belly's going to be out to here. No, he means it in the exact opposite sense. You will always be receiving it. You will never be wanting. This will always be yours forever. That's why you will never thirst and never hunger. Because it will always be yours. It won't be something that you will need to get from outside of you. The Lord will place it inside of you. In order to be able to receive this, we have to ask ourselves first, what is it that I want? What is it for which I hunger? What do I thirst for? Is it, what do I care about? What do I spend time looking for? What do I think my soul needs? Is it the type of thing that actually I would enjoy doing forever? Would I even enjoy doing it for an hour? It is the love of the Lord that satisfies us. We've, we experience this in a natural way. There's sometimes some activities we enjoy so much we even forget about eating. Being with the Lord, listening to him, being loved by him can make us forget about everything that ails us. And it is the one thing that we would want to do Forever. And it's the one thing that he promises us. We are in his presence. In the presence of his body, blood, soul, and divinity. That which was offered up on the cross and rose from the grave and ascended into heaven and comes down to us through these altars. If we receive him, we will never hunger and we will never thirst. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.